Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years. Here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To five three three four two New York, call the twenty four seven Hope Line at one eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, dogs and rats, children and babies, to a special holiday year-end decade-closing edition of the Black Opinions Matter, motherfucker. Um, podcast. I'm your I'm your host, Big Waz. Joining me on the line in traffic somewhere in the state of Arizona is ESPN's own Amin Al Hassan. Of course, out in Philly, John Gervais is probably hitting the bowl as we speak. He's also on the line. But of course, we got some special guests because we had to do the decade closing episode of the Black Opinions Matter Most podcast with some special guests, man. I'm very proud to be to be welcoming Jake One, hip-hop hey. producer, super producer, one half of the super group. What's the name of your super group with Southside? 
Oh man, I, I mean that's not really a group. I'm, I'm definitely like down with 808 Mafia though. I wouldn't. Say okay, I so you in 808 Mafia? Okay, <laughs> damn. Okay, so 808 Mafia's own one half of Tuxedo with the legendary Mayor Hawthorne, Jake One on the line. Welcome to the show, Jake. Thanks for having me, man. And of course, if if you're on Twitter in any capacity whatsoever, I don't care if it's football, NBA, college football, Twitter. Uh, television, Twitter, the infamous, and um, I don't even know, amorphous black Twitter. Uh, you know who this dude is, man. I'm not even going to put his government on blast because we, we don't snitch on this podcast, Dragonfly. It's <laughs> Dragonfly Jones, y'all. Dragonfly, you there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Bad, I, 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 missed, I missed the whole spill. Yeah, my, my, my call just dropped and then it reconnected, and I missed the whole motherfucking intro, man. My oh, bad, dog. Well, it was a fantastic <laughs> intro. Just know that. I'm sure it was. <laughs> I thank you in advance, my brother. All right, so we've been doing the past few weeks a decade closing so, um, sort of centric list. We're going to talk about, you know, who was the best producer of the decade, um, what we consider to be the best mixtapes of the decade. And but first, we're going to talk about what label, rap label, do we think own the decade? And before we get into it, um, I just want to read off what we had in the nominees, of course, for best label. We had Odd Future, uh, Maybach Music Group, October's Very Own, OVO Sound, Dreamville, Quality Control Music, ASAP Mob, Good Music, and for whatever reason, Rob must have bumped his head or something. He didn't have TDE on there, but TDE, of course, has to be one of the nominees for, you know, best rap label of the decade. I want to throw it to you first, Dragonfly. Uh, To your mind, who do you think was the label that kind of owned the decade, man? Oh, it's, it's, it's TDE, hands down, and and it, it's kind of, you know, perfectly booking it because I feel like t- um, Overly Dedicated was a lot of people's intro to TDE. It was definitely mine, um, and that dropped, like, summer 2010, like, September 2010 or some shit, and, you know, they've just taken off from there. I, I personally think that um, Good Kid, Mad City is the best rap album of the decade. I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but, you know, just staying on TDE shit right now. Yeah. But, yeah, but, but TDE, man, I mean... I mean, of course, between them, um, Schoolboy, I think Schoolboy is one of the most underrated. He consistently gives us heat, yep. um, of course. And, and then, you know, they branched off. I, I think Isaiah Rashad, if we're talking about underrated, too. Phenomenal, yep. man. Even though he's and retired, then, but OK. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I mean, much <laughs> giving him shit on Twitter about, you know, getting in the studio and shit. But um, but yeah, and, and then, of course, you know, they branched off in SZA and, and, and into the R&B and SZA, like Control. It's like, that's on my short list of this R&B album for the decade, too. And Sir's been killing it too. So yeah, it's TDE for me, man. Uh, Jake, man, I want to, I want to, because you come from it from a very unique perspective, seeing as you right. served music to pretty much everybody, every camp on this list, right? Like you've a had lot, placements, them, yeah. you know, you've had placements on MMG, on OVO, on Dreamville, you know. Uh, so I want, I, I was one. I thought it'd be interesting to get your perspective on. Who you thought was the label that 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 sort of set it off this decade? Uh, man, it's got to be. I would have to say it's TDE. Just just because you know every other label 
they clearly had like a flagship artist that was great. It'd be between TDE and MMG, just because I look at like multiple stars, right? Isn't that the whole yeah. point? And uh, but TDE, I mean, especially when you throw the scissor thing in there, beyond doing Kendrick and Schoolboy, that's just. I don't think anybody else has done that. But so, I mean, maybe if you even th- throw the whole Atlantic or some shit. But like, if we're talking about like you know rap run labels, yeah, for sure, got it, got to be TD. Um, and they just came at it from a different way, which is really dope. Having um, the thing with Interscope, and then you know they're still definitely doing it how they want to do it. And they started that early, even when they signed Kendrick to Aftermath. It wasn't like Dr. Dre overpowered what they were doing. Right. Um, which was the first time I had seen that, which was really interesting to watch play out. Um, but yeah, TD, I mean, I, I really, I personally love, you know, the Meek, Wale, Ross thing. I thought that was great. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's got to be TD. Yeah, I, I wanted to, you know, I, I thought about it and I was like, yeah, of course it's TDE. When you, and especially like how you guys mentioned, just the breadth of the the artists, right? Like to do something like SZA, which is R&B clearly, or even a Sir, which is like extremely right, R&B, damn near right. Neo Soul, to something like Schoolboy and J-Rock. J-Rock got nominated for a Grammy. Right. Like, so, you know, the job of a label, I don't know that you could say anybody's done a better job, but I do want to say something for quality control, because I think what they're doing right. is, is dope because, man, they clearly have a plan before they bring a guy out or a woman out and they execute it. And all of their guys seem to be polished artists by the time, you know, they get to they get to the market. You know, I think about somebody like Lil Baby. Who I'm not gonna front, you know. I, I heard the Drake joint. And I was like, oh, this Drake joint is fire. I don't know who this other ATL kid is. I'm sure I'll be finished with him in the next four months, like the rest of these cats. <laughs> but yo, he proved me wrong, man. The guy is, I think he's one of the best rappers, like rap, rap, yeah, rappers right, right. Yeah. out right now. Like he he's witty, he has content, like he's not just rapping. Like, I'm not gonna front, like his compadre gonna. It's kind of just I'm saying cool shit over and over and over again. Little right. baby has content. Look, like Lil he's baby, talking about his Lil life. Baby special. Yeah. yeah. Special. Yeah. And, yeah. That, that freestyle the, track, man. Oh, uh, it's, I, it's I can't ever play that shit just once. He went in, dog. It's ridiculous. And and obviously we know the Migos had a ridiculously dominant run. Um, this style is probably the dominant style of it was rap. The style of the decade, yeah. Yeah, you know, for sure. And all for all sure. of that coming out of QC, I just think you know it's remarkable. Now, of course, we got to talk about the OVOs and the good musics and the Dreamvilles, which are artists. And I think that's the main difference, right? Is that these are artist-led labels, um, which I think kind of. It makes it it makes it difficult, I think, for the artists that are under these 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 flagship artists, right? Whether it be a J. Cole or a Drake or you know, or Kanye, who, you know, for various reasons he makes things difficult. Um well, it, I think you know the other, the other part of that is you have the artist who the the label is really associated with and T D E is not a rapper's label, it's a top dog label. So like yep. you just you don't refer to it in that way. And Q C is is Coach K, who's obviously done all kind of crazy stuff. QC might actually, I mean, if you think about Lil Yachty, yep. City Girl, City Girls, Lil Baby, I mean, that's kind of crazy. Yep. Like, that's a lot of people to launch, you know? Yeah. Frosty Flakes, all on my wrist. Frosty. Uh, padded cake, 
Get trap out some lick. Trap. I bought an estate. No capping on this. No cap. Yeah, I'm rare, like steak on the plate. Rare. No telling me shit. Oh. Chains on triple A nacho. Ooh, the cash. Ooh. That's guaco. guaco. Just touch down on a lot of bags. Bang. A gelato. Cookie. Yeah, right now I got a lot of love. But show your hand when I ain't got none. Got none. Pass up some bands on my partner. Since then, niggas been up. Been up. I didn't make all A's, nah. but I'm on the A list. A list. And I do it for the A. A. No siding it, bitch. No. If the coupe too fast, the coupe. then what did I miss? You. I'm telling huh? if my coupe too fast, the then what did I miss? Skirt, skirt, go. The chandelier glass, and it's all on my wrist. Yeah, and, and and you know we all heard the the rumors um, about the the OVO sweatshops and you know like <laughs> that, that dude made back and disappeared, dog. You know, yeah, yeah that was it for the movie. You know, what you guys say? You guys say with the streaming numbers or whatever? Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. Um, no, the, remember those rumors that OVO was running a sweatshop? Where oh, you, as long as you write and you make beats, um, Drake is not gonna <laughs> let you put it out on your own, or else you get lashes in the basement. <laughs> oh, I, I I can't see that, but man, you know, like in my in my small being around them, I didn't see none of that. But you know, it's all these things. There's always a reason behind all this stuff that people probably don't know. You know, it's usually not like a conspiracy. They're gonna want to try to make money on whoever they have. So like, tucking an artist isn't necessarily good business, you know. Exactly. Like they they make a lot more money with a guy being successful than like just hiding them. I think that's yeah. always that's been a good. It's it's a good story though, you know for sure. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> it's funny um, for Twitter. Yeah, I, I laughed at it. Even as an OVO disciple myself, I laughed at all of the jokes. Um, you know, full disclosure, as somebody who's close to the people over there at Dreamville, I'm really, uh, you know, they, they've been sort of slow out the blocks starting off as a record label. They only got that Interscope distribution deal, I want to say like 2012, 13. But I think finally this year, with the success of the Aries and the Jids and boss has been kind of steadily buzzing and you know, he's, he's as successful as he's ever been. And they even got, you know, new guys like loot coming in. Um, I thought they had a breakout year and, you know, I'm looking forward to what they do going forward. Uh, I think Jay Cole is kind of, kind of, um, sort of, cause I think, Normally he take he's he's been going the artist route hat first and sort of secondary like all right I don't want to see myself as these guys' boss and I'm some label head or right. whatever these guys are people I think are dope artists and I just want to put them on but I think this year he finally put his record label executive hat on and started moving things around and you saw the success of that like their their album their compilation album went number 1 you know yeah. like it went yeah. gold I mean, whoever, like this, that was one of the best albums of the year yeah, and whoever came up with that marketing plan deserves all the money because that was just fucking genius. Yeah, like 500 people promoting this record while it was being made. Yeah. And I've never seen no shit like that. Um, it was great. It was really smart. It just put a light on the thing that it probably wouldn't have been there in the same way. It was just really really smart shit i love seeing stuff like that yeah it's 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 wild like like i read up on the behind the scenes on the on the making of revenge of the dreamers 3 and and j cole just invited a bunch of rappers to the studio you know what i'm saying and it was like a boot camp like he didn't have any set songs for any set rappers he's like you go in there you earn your spot you know what i'm saying and there's and there was a few rappers who were like yeah i went in there i spent a week there i dropped so many verses and i didn't make the cut <laughs> 
and that's Damn. wild. Right. I mean, I I know I know multiple producers that went down there and uh, didn't necessarily make it, but they weren't even salty. They all had fun. It sounded like yeah, it, yeah. it kind of sounded like a Rebel Music Academy kind of thing or something like. But you know, for real, like there was actually like stakes. So that also, was that was really dope. Don't be surprised if your joint. Um, don't be surprised if your joint ends up on, you know, a Boss album or a Jid album. Down right, the line, right, exactly. That's actually already happened with a couple of the joints from that from those right. sessions. And the crazy thing, Jake, I'm sure you've been to Tree Sounds before. That's not the biggest studio in the world. Well, it's like super far too, so it's crazy to think of like all the Ubers were going out there. <laughs> um, you know, it's like that, I feel like it was an hour from Atlanta or something crazy, but. It, it seemed like the right place for that, though, also as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, the vibe is dope. You know, Groove is cool, dude. There is just very music-centric um, kind of spot. So beyond just being a studio with the dude, like, you know, looking at the clock. Kind of Jerv, Jerv, you're here. We don't have any Philadelphia-based record labels on the list, but I would love to know, Jerv, what, what you thought was was the biggest, best record label of, of the decade, man. I was, I was feeling some type of way that Rob didn't put uh, state property and, and beans and all them on here, but I, I guess we'll let that slide for right now. Maybe I'm living in another decade, but no, my question was, right, like, I, first thing off, when I first saw the list, I naturally went to good music. Why, why did you naturally do that? Because <laughs> I dude, naturally did <laughs> Well, I know you naturally did. Well, well, I have two chains, right? Two chains is on good music, correct? Or he was on good music. Like, he's a... So, he was associated with good music during that so run, right? Yeah, sure. I just remember being a Made American, two chains coming out on stage with everybody that was good music. So I just put him in the good music category. And sure. you figured Kanye dropped. I mean, I voted for uh, Good Kid, Mad City, but everybody else on the panel seemed to have voted for uh, my my uh, Twisted Dark Fantasy. Yeah, uh-huh. thank you. So, you know, with Kanye just being Kanye and whether you like him or not, like he still did his thing with albums. You know me, Wise. I'm a huge Push fan. I think Push had a hell of a decade. And then, you know, I was kind of given two chains in that loop also. So I kind of was torn between them and um, MMG. But, you know, I, I feel like I'm just the uh, the black sheep or the odd man out because literally nobody mentioned <laughs> good music <laughs> at all. So, like, maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I did hit the bone too hard or something. I don't know. Well, well I'm going to tell y'all why I didn't say anything about good music because, um, one, I don't listen to Big Sean. Uh, I'm a big Sean fan. Uh, two has yo. Is that a meme? Yeah, I'm I'm like two minutes away from my hotel. I just I just did the big Sean drop just to be funny though. Oh, oh, my bad. I (laughs) I missed that. Um, yeah, man. Like you know, I don't I don't rock. I like people whose musical opinions and tastes like I have a lot of respect for. Swear by Big Sean. I just never. I just never. Saw it with dude. Like to me, he raps like if if you fed a bunch of rap rhymes to Siri and she spoke them back to you. To me, that's what Big Sean raps like. It's soulless. Like I, <laughs> I, I don't like. I don't understand. So you didn't like the Detroit mixtape? No, I've never liked anything. I, like I remember when, yo, I remember when the Lemonade freestyle came out and people were going crazy, and I was like, yo, am I missing something? Like I, I I've just never. I've never been. I just don't hear it. You know, it's if, like if that. If lemonade ain't do it for you, then nothing's gonna do. Nothing's for you. gonna I do think it. That's the toughest shit Big Sean ever spit. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things where they be like, um, cilantro tastes like soap to certain kind of people. Like Big Sean is cilantro, and he tastes like soap to me. It's, 
is one of those things. And then, you know, people love Tiana Taylor, which, you know, she's a fine artist. Um, What did she do this decade? You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know how y'all feel about Cuddy on this panel. Not nah. my cup of tea. Nah. <laughs> you know I'm what I'm saying? And <laughs> 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 you stupid jerk. <laughs> and of course, um, Pusha T, who, you know, one of my favorite rappers ever. One of my um obviously clips. I'm a I'm a clips head. I to me the clips and the locks are the two greatest rap groups in the history of mankind, right? Um I still, me personally, I don't think Push has ever dropped a full project that was up to his capabilities. That's just me. I don't think he's ever dropped a solo project that's as good as Hell Hath No Fury or Lord Willing or even till the casket drops. You don't you don't think Daytona's on that level? I, no, that, hell no. It's seven songs on there and only five of them are good. Like five of them are good. Five out of seven, that's a good percentage, Jerv. Like, nah, if you hit dude. that from, if Shaq hit that from the free throw line, he'd have been like the GOAT. But, like, it's five songs at the end of, like, it's five yeah. songs, bro. Can we, can we just put it out there? Wise can't show Push any love. Oh, he God. swears his allegiance to OVO. No, and he's got all this things. So, Wise can't show Push. He's still a little scorned by everything true. that happened. So, Wise, you know, I think we need to end 2019 the right way, bro. This is, let it, this let is it be known. This is misinformation. <laughs> but anybody out there, if you think Hell Hath No Fury is an album on the level of Daytona, I don't I don't know what to tell you. And to me, that's the standard by which I got to judge Push It that's by. That's a group. Right? That's a group, bro. Well, it, it, shit, it's only two of them. It's not Wu-Tang. Like, <laughs> he's got at least a verse and a half on every single record, Jerv. And he was, of course, he was involved in picking the beats, too. But like, you can't fault this man for, like, I, you're, you're, you want, and I mean, I, I'm the same way, bro. Like, I still want, then I want another Clips album. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's not happening. Or, or even if it does happen, even if it were to happen, it's not going to happen in the fashion that we probably want because it's not going to be, for me, it's not going to be the same content, right? Like, it's going to be different. But at yeah. the same time, like... I don't so, want Pentecostal push... Um, yeah, push, we're going to uh, get yeah. no malice. I like malice, man. Yeah. But, 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 but that does not fault push. You know what I mean? Like you're asking Push to recreate some of you know, I'm one of the. I'm asking Push to live up to the standard that he set in the legendary he, rap group. I'm not asking for too much. His, but I mean, lyric lyrically, he's still. I mean, lyrically, I feel like he's better than what he was when he was in the group. He's evolved. He's gotten. I mean, he's still talking the same stuff, but it's more, I guess, more mature, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I've, I mean, I've, the big part is Pharrell isn't doing the beat, so it's just not going to be that. Right? Talk to, talk to him, was, Jake. Thank you. I mean, it's, um, it's just I mean, no, that's right. when, when your head producer is a full time men's fashion designer and not a music maker anymore, <laughs> I'm sorry, your music's going to suffer for it. I'm sorry. And God bless Ye. Like, he's making money now. He's no longer in debt. He's, you know, he set up his family and all of that for life with the Adidas stuff, and God bless him for it. But obviously, that's what he spends his time on. He don't care about music no more. You heard Nas' album? Come on, man. The Come intro on, was fire. Yeah, that shit was trash. That the, was in- <laughs> the intro was fire, though. The intro was fire, Jerv. Come on, man. That's that's why me, I couldn't put good music in the discussion of a TDE or quality control or even MMG, quite frankly, man. I, I don't I don't put them on that. I don't rate them on that level. Um, but we gotta move on. Um I think we've gone long enough with the 
with the with the um label talk, Jake, man. Um, I gotta I gotta pitch this up to you first because this is your area of expertise. Obviously, you can't pick yourself because that would just be vain. And but who who do you think was the, and man? A lot of producers broke through this decade. When I'm look, sitting here looking at this list, right, whether it be um, Jake One didn't break through, but Jake One, you know, did his thing this decade. Metro, um, uh, 40, Mike Will, Hit Boy, Kanye, Kanye didn't break through, but Zaytoven, London, Boy Wonder, Southside, Murder, Muster, Take Heat. Like, a lot of people broke through the surface. Like, I don't remember... Like, like the decade before, there being this many producers that just like cut through and had like prominent placements on some of the biggest acts. Am I wrong in that? I'm um, thinking, Jake. I just think guys were having really crazy runs that were really big, and 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 the p- producer tag stuff just made you know them so mm-hmm. much more, right? Um, but not that many people had a you know that long of a run. Um, if I'm going to pick anybody and there's a lot of really good choices, I'd probably go with Hitboy boy. Cause I think mm. he has stuff popping in the earlier 2010s, like the the uh, Kanye Jay-Z song, which yes, ran sir. the world. And he, he hasn't really stopped, you know, he's, he's always got a record every year. It's a big one. Um, and he's just extremely versatile. He's done some songs. I didn't even know where his joints that are just crazy hits. Um, a, a lot of like a Metro or a uh, Southside, they're all kind of like, you know, they all have a crazy run, but there's so many people doing their style. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to like for them to stand out when everybody's biting you, you know what I mean? Um, but no, it's, it's producers are so much more uh, visible. I mean, these guys are starting to get like 30,000 a DJ. Hmm. Jake, let me ask. Let me ask you a question though. Isn't that shouldn't that count as a positive for a producer if people are biting your oh, style? Oh, it's great. It's that it's, yeah, it's. I mean, so it's an honor, but at the same time, it's, it's taking money it's, out your it pocket. Muddies, <laughs> it just muddies the water, right? Like if you have a thing, like when Pharrell was had his whatever ten year run of where he just had every song on the radio, people just couldn't quite do it the way he was doing it. But the way you know sounds are being shared these days, and just that community. There's a lot of guys that could be like 85% of like what a hot song is and do that style pretty All you got to do with me is just think about Lex Luger, who essentially invented this entire thing, right? Like he he basically invented it. And, you know, basically Lex, Lex and Southside produced Waka Flocka. That started the whole shit, The whole everything. The whole, like, they, Waka and Gucci were the first ones that would do the shit where every beat on a 20-song mixtape sound practically the same. Like, when you talk about trap music, trap sound, like, they're the ones who invented it in this form of, like, when people say, all this shit sounds the same, all this shit sounds repetitive, it was Waka and Gucci who who pioneered that, and then, of course, it was Lex Luger and Southside who was making all of those beats, like, they fathered this whole style, man, it's kind of crazy. And, you know, every year you get a new guy that comes along with a subtle change to that, and they'll do a record, this is huge smash, and they they got a good drop, and then it's just like off to the races. And it's great. I mean, guys are getting richer than ever before. It goes for rappers too. Like I think the public perception that like rappers and producers are getting killed by Spotify, not from what I'm seeing. I think dudes are getting a lot of money from what I see. So all that's great. 
Guys are terrible at taking care of their health, man. Whether it's a knee injury, a back injury, or something even worse, guys are usually more comfortable just rubbing some dirt on it. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Can you even believe that? Something that important? Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for erectile dysfunction online. Roman is a one-stop shop where you can get where you can chat with a licensed U.S. physician who can treat ED and, if safe and appropriate, ship medication right to your door. With Roman, there are no waiting rooms, no awkward face-to-face conversations, or uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything discreetly online. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com slash BOM, complete an online visit, chat with a doctor, and if the doctor decides that it would be safe and appropriate, they'll shift the genuine medication right to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. Guys, go online and get checked by the doctor. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that guys don't tackle, but with Roman, it's really simple. So take care of it, man. Seriously, your lady's going to appreciate this. Or your guy, you know. Who knows? <laughs> For a free online visit, go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M. That's GetRoman.com slash B-O-M. For a free online visit, GetRoman.com slash B-O-M. Dragonfly, man, what what's your pick? Um, I'm going to have to go with Metro, man. And, yeah. and my reasoning being is um, I, I think if, if you were to look at, like, like if you were to view rappers as, as coaches and kind of look at their coaching tree and their disciples, I, I don't think anyone has, you know, a big has bigger names on his coaching tree than Future does. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I, and I feel like, right. like 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 Metro Boomin and Future, you know, they made, you know, the, the, the best music. That I think personally that I think it's, it's Metro Boomin and Zaytoven for the best music that Future made together. And I think Metro got him by a nose. So so that's my reason. I think that that Metro sound you know, partnered with Future influenced a lot. I don't think it influenced the whole genre, but it influenced a ton of big Anything names. that's coming out of Atlanta right now sprouts from what they did, yeah. right? Like, and we talked about Baby before, but like the, 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 the Future influence is obvious. Gonna forget about it. Um, And, you know, and of course you got to talk about what Metro did with Young Thug, um, I just yeah I you know for me when I when I looked at it I was like man I'd probably pick Metro Boomin man like I I agree with you for many of the same reasons like uh, any of the newer stuff like Jake said it spawns from you know you can trace the the descendants really easily but I think any of the new stuff that's really cracking like whether it be Baby and Gunna or um, any of the new Atlanta stuff or or even shit or even something like uh, Roddy Rich. Which, you know, I think he's a talented kid, but I listened to his album and there was certain points where I was like, is this not a Young Thug recording? Like, <laughs> what, like what is going on right now? Um, I think, man, a lot of it flows out of what Future, Metro, and, and yeah, and Zay told him was doing. Yeah, definitely. Hey! Yo, Metro don't trust you, I'm gonna shoot you. Yo, Metro don't trust you, I'm gonna shoot you. Yo, Yo, Metro don't trust you, I'm gonna shoot you. Yeah. Hey, your metro don't trust you. I'm finished. Hey, your metro don't trust you. I'm gonna shoot you. Oh, gang, bang. Gang. Hey, your metro don't trust you. I'm gonna shoot you. Hey, your metro don't trust you. I'm gonna shoot you. Hey, your metro don't trust you. I'm gonna shoot you.
Other people. I, say, I, I, I feel like Roddy Rich sounds like the whole industry. I mean, the kid is talented. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I listen to this, I'm like, man, I can listen to Young Doug do this better. But yeah, but the yeah, box, yeah. The box is a fucking heater. That record is a hit. You know, um, I think London on the track. I, I, I'm a he, big. He was big another one I was thinking man. about too. I love his beats. The I Rich Gang tape. Oh man, so, so good. good. So good. And the thing about London that I like that there's usually some type of musicality to what he's doing, um, which which I enjoy, you know, like as much as I, you know, I could nod my head to a repetitive ass trap beat like London's beats be sounding like something, which, you know, as well, an old goober, I enjoy that. Right. Yeah. Mm. I mean, he's a real musician. So I did not, not know that. that. What do you list, mean by that, you know? Jake? You tell I mean, you, mean? you could put him at a piano at your mom's house, and he's gonna play something that sounds good. Wow! He doesn't need the the fruity loops or whatever it is, you know, to to do his thing. He's he's like good on that level, um, which is you know kind of rare. So, no, nah, he's I, he's amazing. And then what he did with the Summer Walker thing, I mean, it's in in Rich Gang. I don't know when that came out, but that was kind of a long time ago. So that's oh, that a was good a minute period ago. of time. That was probably you know, like, what, he's been a factor. Yeah, I think fourteen, right? Yeah. Wow. Sheesh. Yeah. Um. You know, we'd be remiss if we don't mention Forty and Boy Wonder. Like these guys are attached to the biggest artists on the planet, right? Rap artists in the world. Um. I don't know that Forty could claim the, the the biggest Drake hits, but he's got his fingerprints on everything that they do. Um, Rob, please bossing over this. Um, the people on this call will notice, but. <laughs> Part of <laughs> yeah, Wonder got hits with people too. Wonder, everybody, he's a beast. Yeah, Wonder is nasty. I, you know, I think what's cool about Wonder is that he's actually. He's not a huge self-promoter. I think if he was, he I'm sure he's got a lot of paper. But like he he's not a, he needs a good drop. Yeah, exactly. You gotta have a drop if you wanna be famous. Cause, cause <laughs> if not, he'd be as, you know, I feel like he's not even as famous as somebody like Murder, who I actually happen to like. Oh, not a lot even of his close. Beats. Not I, even close. I, no. I think Murder's talented and, and and makes dope dope beats, but a part of me, you know. It feels like I'm 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 enjoying a post Malone record, you know, and it's not even just the white thing. It's just I don't know. There's just something about Wonder that 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 puts a lot of people off. But he's yo man, he's got hits and he put hits on Wonder, a lot Wonder's of. Wonder's just a regular guy. He's not a real gregarious like personality, which you know that's usually what producers are. But you know, some of these the younger generation they got as much jewelry as the rappers and money and cars and all this shit. So. Yeah, it's changed. It's definitely changed. Yeah, man. And, you know, again, like these producers are, are, are coming around at such a ridiculous clip these days. Um, it's hard to even keep track. Right. So I don't even know who the next up and coming cat is. They're, they're all coming and going. Uh, other people that, you know, I don't think we mentioned no ID. 
Uh, he had a, he, you know, he produced four, 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 an album that I enjoyed and still enjoy to this day. Uh, obviously, Kanye still had records this um, this decade. We talked about Zaytoven, but um, yeah, I just thought it was important to mention the the, the, the OVO cats because you know, let's face it, man, that's that's a decade of dominance. Um, and, and those guys have their fingerprints all over that. Um, so I thought we would be remiss if we didn't mention that. Now, the best mixtapes of the decade, man. Um, Rob put together a solid list of nominees. Uh, if you're reading this by Drake, I, it's, that's not a freaking mixtape. I know it was supposed to be a Gangsta Grills, and that's just a straight up album. And that gets into a conversation that we're going to have, you know, towards the end of this. But the rest of the nominees were Acid Rap by Chance the Rapper, Live Love ASAP, ASAP Rocky, Earl, Earl Sweatshirt. Friday Night Lights, J. Cole, 56 Nights, Future, 1999, Joey Badass, Dream Chases 2, Meek Mill, Taylor, Alder, Alder, Dice, Wiz Khalifa, but you can tell I've never listened to that mixtape, that's why I don't know how to say it, um, and Blue Chips by Action Bronson, Dragonfly, man, which, which one of those stuck out to you initially? Um, I'm, I, I guess I'm gonna be you know fanboying for future on this, but I'm going with 56 Nights on this too, man. Yeah, I, I think that's the defining yeah. one of, yeah. of, of the decade here. Yeah, and, 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 and shouts and shouts to, to Taylor all this. I think that's the best shit Wiz ever did, personally. And mm. Jake, you did you did my favorite shit on there, the grinder. I fucking oh, love that. Thank you, man. Thank you. You see, I love the organic love on the Black Opinions Matter, motherfucker, man. I, I just <laughs> hey, really I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a legit Jake One fan. Like, of I remember course. the first time I heard rock cocaine flow in, like, 04. I was like, what the oh, fuck man. is this, bro? That shit blew wow. me away. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, I've told Jake this shit before on Twitter, man. I fanboy out all the time for Jake. He's a fucking phenomenal at this shit. Well, you know, you know the funny thing with Dragonfly is he's so famous that I have a friend of mine who's like, man, you know this dude? Like, he's really <laughs> important. <laughs> <laughs> so if you could do that from a Twitter handle and not be famous, that's amazing. Jerv, um, do you have a favorite out of out of these mixtapes or one that, that might not be on the list? So I I, uh, I actually prefer Blue Chips too over mm. blue chips okay that was that's that you know that was probably my mine but on this that's very list, old head of you but yeah go ahead i appreciate that but you know the, the stoner in me uh really does appreciate taylor Alderdice. Mm. um i fuck i fucked with uh cushion orange juice heavy and i had been right. dying for wiz to give us that again uh you know i mean i understood he he had to go make his money. He had to go, you know, make the commercial music and stuff like that and do that crossover stuff. I'm not mad at him for that. But when he came out with Taylor Autodice, man, like, that shit. I mean, that was that that was it for me, right? Like it took me back. So it put me, it put me in a spot. But I mean, I, I would probably want blue chips too on this, just because that was mine. I'm a big Bronson guy. I thought um I saw him live a couple times and I actually I, I I thought he had more stardom in him than he actually has gotten right now. You know what I mean? Like, I thought that he was probably the next thing to, like, really move in hip-hop as far as, like, being commercial and having the underground or whatever. But, I mean, he's still done this thing, you know, with, with uh, Fuck That's Delicious and, and all that crossover stuff. So I'm a Bronson guy, so I'm probably going to go with Blue Chips, too, even though it's not on the list. I'll just create my own other category. Shouts to Bronson for being big queens. Um, he's a he's a big legend. So shouts to him. Uh, I love the Blue Yo. Chip series. Go ahead, Amin. Oh, it's all topic, man. But Baby Shark got a whole ass show. 
Like, I'm walking around downtown here, and they got, like, at Microsoft Theater, they're saying, like, Baby Shark on January. And I'm like, how in one song are going to turn into a whole-ass show they're going to sell tickets for? Who's Baby Shark? I'm I'm watched. Baby Shark. Baby Shark. Baby Shark. Baby Shark. Baby Shark. Y'all got me stumped. They don't have lyrics. They got a whole show? A show. Shouts to Baby Shark. Man, I got to say, though, um, to me, the, the the two that that stick out the most to me, aside from Fifty Six Nights, which is my probably definite pick, is Friday Night Lights, which is the 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 mixtape that I listen to on the same the probably the same amount that I did Fifty Six Nights and Acid Rap, um for Chance Plant, excuse me, Plant the rapper who I don't <laughs> I don't really I don't really go for CA, CAA's finest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Independently repped by CAA. Um but nah, but I'm not going to lie, man. Actually what's crazy is that Ibrahim Hamad, uh the, the, my, my first name drop of the pod is the one who played me this album for the first time in my life. Uh we were driving to a party in um the Hamptons of all places. Uh, and and he was playing this in his car, and he was like, yo, Cole was like, yo, if I'm going to sign people, I want to sign kids like this. Um, and he played this whole joint for me. And I remember songs like Cocoa Butter Kids, and I was like, oh, wow, this is hard. And, you know, you could hear the 3000 influence, the Eminem influence, the Wayne influence. And I was like, wow, this kid is, like, really good. And I had, you know, I knew people who had went to South by that year. And saw him, um, you know, do he kind of he kind of killed South. He was like the story coming out of South by that year, and um, so he had a, like a nice little buzz and a li- nice little momentum. And you know, we see where he's taking it from there. So you know, definitely gotta uh, pay some some homage to Acid Rap. Oh, nobody had nothing to say know, about Acid Rap. I, mean, <laughs> I, 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 I have, I have obviously I a personal story with it, you know, because um, I did do a song on there, and it's. It's crazy because you were talking about how mixtapes have changed and all of that. So literally this year, I got paid for that record. Um, wow! And when did that come out? Two thousand. Wait, for the first time? I don't know. Wait, yeah, you got because it was a free album time? before. Yeah. Oh wow! So this this is the difference, right? Now that we're putting everything on streaming, if they want to do that, they gotta give you your money. And they didn't have it on streaming that whole time. I mean, at the time I did, I just gave it to him. I didn't even, I wasn't even aware that he was going to be a thing. Um, so it's crazy. Like that tape was so popular that they ended up paying for all the records to put it on streaming because it, you know, it was a big success. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, and then the old mixtape days are like, gee, like I'm, I probably did like 10 songs for, for 50 that he just threw out there. You wouldn't even know it was coming. He would just drop it, you know, and then you just got to charge it to the game, you know, and and that's just kind of how it worked for producers. So this new era of like, you know, we, we at least get everything on streaming. That means they got to pay for all these records. So everybody behind the scenes is at least monetizing the shit, you know, which is great. Kicked off my shoes, tripped acid in the rain, wore my jacket as a cape and my umbrella as a cane. The richest man rocks the snatchless necklace. Spineless bitches in backless dresses Wore my feelings on my sleeveless My weed seedless, my trees leafless I miss my diagonal grilled cheeses And back when Mike Jackson was still Jesus Before I believed in not believing in 
Yeah, I inhale, who believed in me not breathing in? Cigarette stained smile, all covered in sin. My big homie died young, just turned older than him. I seen it happen, I seen it happen, I see it always. He still be screaming, I see his demons in empty hallways. I trip to make the fall shorter. Fall quarter was just a tall order. And I'm hungry, I'm just not that thirsty. As of late, all my verses seem not so versy. And all my words just mean controversy. Took the team up off my back, like that's not your jersey. Stressing, pulling my hair out, hoping I don't get picked. All this medicine in me, hoping I don't get sick. Making all of this money, hoping I don't get rich. Cause niggas still getting body for phones. Uh, Dragonfly, I saw you had some, you, you seem to kind of grumble when Acid Rap came up. Um, could you share your thoughts on just Acid Rap and chances? I was saying, I, um, I, I like Acid Rap. Um, I love the title track. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that's probably my favorite Chance record he ever did. Um, you know, I, and, and I fucked with um, um, his, his his other shit. What was the shit? Um, the, the the three shit, the shit where he's wearing the three hat and shit. Coloring yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, coloring book. Yeah, coloring book. Coloring yeah book. I like yeah. coloring book, man. The, yeah, like the Jay Elect joint, the Future joint. I, I think that's a fire um, album. I actually enjoyed it. Like the God element was like, all right, this is kind of overkill, and I thought it would just be a sort of a one album and keep it pushing kind of thing. I didn't think he was gonna go full Kirk Franklin on us. <laughs> so at the time, I didn't find it as insufferable, right? Um, but I thought Acid Rap was good, especially for the first release, the first time you learning something. But to go from Acid Rap, which is literally like, yo, I experiment with drugs and I'm a sicko, to I love my wife and God is good. It's like, that's a stark <laughs> turn, man, in the two-album cycle, no? Yeah, yeah. And shit, it's, and the fans it's been ain't fucking with it either, like he had to cancel his tour. Right. It's been a minute since we've seen, like, a critical darling just get so much backlash like it's just crazy like i've never really seen nothing like it's maybe i mean did that have to happen to 50 i don't know like nah i, I don't think people just, just gradually stop liking 50 songs as much right right um, he just and he i was think kind of making the same song it just wasn't as big right this um, was I think, like yo yeah people are like no nah, I'm, I'm off you know? of i'm off of this kid yeah and understandably so because it's it's just it's just something it's just like and, and me and Amin talk about this all the time, right, um, with Kanye, where it's like, if I had converted to Islam and I named my next record Allow Lock Bar, and, you know what I'm saying, like, and I started showing up in the same garb as, like, Bin Laden and shit to rap, and, like, people would be like, yo, fam, like, Stop capping, man. <laughs> like, this is cap. This is cap. I mean, Brand Newbie, Brand Newbie and already did that, too. Uh, so, you know, they, they, <laughs> <laughs> they actually did, did have a song called that, and it was the shit. So. <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't Loon convert to? Oh, yeah, Loon was... I remember he did an interview and problematically said, I'm getting A-Rap money for real. <laughs> they go... Um, but yeah, you know, before we transition into, you know, sort of what mixtapes have involved in, I did want to say something about 56 Nights because I, th I feel like it was the culmination of that three mixtape run. Um, Monster, uh, uh, what's the, what's the Zaytoven one called again? 
Beast Mode. Beast Mode and um, 56 Nights. And this was the like the culmination of Future, you know, losing Sierra and his album not doing what he thought it was supposed to do. And then he drops these three ridiculous mixtapes, takes his name into, you know, the ascendance of, of what it is and what it's become. But 56 Nights was just like the, it was just the exclamation point to me. Um, I think about songs like Never Gonna Lose, of course, March Madness, 56 Nights, the actual title track is another crazy joint i just you know this was the album that i actually got turned on to future i was i was a skeptic for a very long time i was like yo you know this is you know my new york shit i was like this atlanta shit like y'all niggas gotta miss me with this this is corny like this dude is whack he ain't got no bars like fuck out of here all of that and um 56 nights was the first time that i was like and i said and you know the funny thing is because again in new york you always try to lob those grenades at people from other regions like yo they ain't got no bars and i don't know if you could call what future does bars but like Nobody can come up with the shit that this dude comes up with. Period. You know, like, nobody says shit as crazy as this dude. And I think some of it, like, is just on display on 56 Nights. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, you know, talking about I did 56 bars on a European tour and it was all crazy. Like, he was just so out there and it was just so fire. And I just thought it was, you know, it was a specific moment. I remember, um... Talking to my homies, uh, bossing them, they were actually on tour in Europe at the time that 56 Nights was actually buzzing. And like 56 Nights was the theme song to the to the tour. You know what I'm saying? Like I did 56 broads on a European tour and it was all crazy. Like they literally would not stop <laughs> saying that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like um, it was just I don't know. 56 Nights is just a moment to me. That's why it's the it's the um, it's the mixtape that I'm going to remember the most, man. And the, and the other part that was really cool about it is, like you were saying, he was kind of down. Like, you know, when you drop that big follow-up album and it doesn't hit, usually guys go away. But he just, he used that era of being able to throw things on the live mixtapes or what was it, uh, Dat Piff or some shit. And he just had the streets on fire just with music. It wasn't anything but that, you know? Yeah, because, like, because, amazing. Like, yeah, because I, I came on board with Pluto back in like 2012 and wow honest, hipster yeah. yeah i wasn't saying none of that shit i'm not gonna lie yeah and, and 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 then fucking honest dropped and that shit was a dud but yeah that mixtape run like that you know reinvigorated them definitely and then the label was like oh shit we gotta put an album out and then you get ds2 that's that's just that's just a ridiculous run that's a hall of fame level run um, uh, you know, quickly about Friday Night Lights, uh, which I think is interesting, too, because, you know, people don't remember. And I know Cole is actually one of the artists that I think what's good, what um, actually helps his success is he's good at telling his own story and documenting his own story. So if you're a J. Cole fan, you understand that, like, Friday Night Lights came at a very important time in his career in the sense that. Rock Nation and them were being, you know, kind of jerks about putting out the album. Right. And they're like, yo, we need a single. We need this, blah, 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 blah. And so there was this sort of uh, holding pattern that Cole and them was in before the first album could drop. And before that, they was like, fuck it. We're going to put out this mixtape, man. We're going to put out Friday Night Lights of pretty much. I think I think it was all original music and it was just fire. And to this day, people count it as one of the best works that he ever did. And it's and it's probably outside of Forest Hills Drive. For me personally, it's my most listened to Cole 
work um friday night lights is so you know for me it holds a special um place in in, in my mind in my heart man yeah yeah fine definitely um and and it- Friday Night Lights has like my favorite opener to any J. Cole project, the joint where he flipped Erica Badu. Oh, so good. I love it, man. Uh, Amin, do you have any special Friday Night Lights insights? Because I know you was around them a lot for that. Okay, no, I mean, um, Jake, you I got mean, any- I mean, that hopped in the Baby Shark concert, man. Baby Shark. Did you have anything on this, Jake? No, right? No, I, did, I didn't know him at that point. Um, mm. And I'm not even going to lie. I probably didn't even listen to it at the time because I just was on my new rappers aren't good shit probably yeah, at that point. Understandable. But, but um, you know, I'm an old, old head, so that's just how we were for a while. Funny, um, funny story but, about that, Jake, is that um, so Ibrahim Hamad, who is the president of Dreamville Records, he's like, you know, Cole's A&R. He's like he does it all over there. And, you know, he was he's been there from the start of Cole's career. But he's somebody I've known since like my freshman year of high school um, because, you know, he's from my area. Uh, he has relatives that went to high school. I mean, like I've known him forever. Right. He's like three years above me in high school or whatever. So. He's been a friend of mine, whatever, forever. And I remember getting a Facebook party invite from him um, around the time that they did the Rock Nation deal. And I remember looking at the invite and thinking to myself, nigga, please, your artist got signed to Hove? You must be stupid, boy. You ain't got no deal with Hove. Get out of here. Like, because you remember at that time, like, 08 or whatever, like, people used to just send you so much stuff on Facebook and everybody, especially if you're black, everybody knows like 10 people who have a rapper artist that they're trying to push. Like, it's just one of those things like where every is like, Oh God, not you too. Ibrahim, you have a freaking rapper you're pushing. Like, God damn, they could get a job. My bad. My bad. I was, I was in, ele- I was in an elevator. Y'all couldn't hear me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that, that's that. Yo, know, what well, I was just saying is absolutely true. Like I remember when they, cause I knew, I knew Cole when he was, Cole, when he's Jermaine, right? When he's Maine. And so when they said he rap, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, 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 he raps a word. And so then I heard the warm up and I remember being really impressed. I'm like, wow, this is really good. He's really, he's really talented. Well, don't quit your day job because rapping don't pay. Like I was, I was that nigga. <laughs> <Yeah>. I, was like, <laughs> I was the worst friend in the world. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but yeah, but Friday night lights was definitely like the, the most fully realized of, of the mixtapes that came because it was it was a warm up and then uh, what was the one after warm up? The come, come up. up. Well, the come up was before the yeah. warm up. Or come up in the warm up. Yeah, come up yeah. and then the warm up, and then Friday Night Lights. And Friday Night Lights was the one that felt like an album. It had an order like the the vibes of an album, and so that was also the one where I remember um, they came to Phoenix to do a show, and we went to uh, Lifetime Fitness to go hoop. So like and you know while while we're there, there was a girl on the elliptical. She got off the elliptical, walked up to Cole, and showed her what she was listening to on her iPod. Let's tell you how wow. far how far back this was. Yeah, she and it was she she was listening to his shit, and I was just like, did y'all did she come with you? I, I was again. I was right. that nigga. I was like, who is she? Yeah, <laughs> this is a lie. Here, come on, right? what kind of clown yeah, like, is doing this? Like out of all the gyms in the world, there's just gonna be someone working out here that's listening to. But I was like, all right, well, whatever. And, and so now to see, uh, fast forward, like All-Star Weekend in Charlotte and to see them do, uh, after the game, they did a show 
at a at a private venue. They like they literally bust these fans in for the big hit songs to be done at All Star halftime, and then immediately after halftime was over, the fans all got on buses and rode to a secret location where they did like what I call the Avengers uh, Dreamville concert because everybody performed and people who wasn't even on the track were like Ari was coming singing hooks. <laughs> on songs that she wasn't originally featured on, and it was crazy. But he did like a good two or three songs uh, from Friday Night Lights. And to watch this, you know, uh, venue full of people sing along every single word, it kind of blew me away because it just reminded me of that day at the gym where it was this one girl on an elliptical who came up just to show him this is what I'm listening to on my iPod right now. And Amin mentioned it, but like, you know, this album was called a mixtape at the time that it dropped, but it was mostly original music that nobody had ever heard before. Nobody, it wasn't like, you know, he got on a nothing like it beat, which is probably one of my favorite cold freestyles, by the way, um, and rapped on something that we all heard and was like, oh, this is dope. And which, which is what mixtapes pretty much started off as, you know. Um, but now it's evolved to where, and, and like Jake said, to to you know to his delight because he can now get paid on these damn screams. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, they're, they're just albums now. Like, there's really no such thing as a mixtape. I don't think we're ever gonna see guys drop unsanctioned music anymore. It's all just gonna be on Apple or Spotify and whatever ends up of title because Jay is clearly cashing out and trying to become an NFL owner. Um. I think it's cool, man, that, that the mixtape is, is is finished. See, I, that's my question. Is what what's the like what's the impetus here? Is the impetus that the way people listen to music has changed? So the mixtape as a as a life form isn't as important. Cause if you think about it, back in the day, or even back in the beginning of this decade, if you wanted the music, you had to buy the music on iTunes or whatever. And so people own albums on their phones, on their iPods, whatever. And so the mixtape oh, this was a free download I could get and I could listen to these to this music and it would get there. But with the rise of the streaming, it's like, I don't know anyone who has music physically on their device, on their phone, all right? We, we stream all of our music. So if you're going to listen to a mixtape, you kind of have to take an extra step Right of uh, I'm talking about yeah I'm not doing the live mixtapes that piff it's not happening I'm not doing that anymore right at the same time so so if we're gonna monetize it then that means it's really not a mixtape anymore right if you if you're gonna stream it and get paid on it that means you gotta clear samples right you gotta you got you 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 have to take all the steps that an album has to take so what makes it a mixtape anymore. It's, it's over for mixtapes. And I think Jake could speak to this, too, uh, m- more so than any of us can. Um, the mixtape used to be a workaround from your label. And not just, um, you know, the sample clears. It's like, all right, like, Rock Nation is holding up my debut album. I can just put this shit out, right? Um, I can just put it out, and my fans are going to hear it. I can perform it at shows. I can, you know, like, I can monetize this without going through the official sanctions. I think now artists are more like, look, if I'm going to put music out, I need to get paid on it. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure it goes through the proper channels and make it on the streaming sites to the point where, man, like, Drake, because he's such a beast, he put So Far Gone on um, 
on the streaming platforms with ignorant shit and say you will and all the songs that he pil- pilfered from other artists on there like did the work of actually getting Kanye and and Hove and Just Blazing all these people to clear this stuff um we've seen a like a complete 360 man well you know the other part mixtapes were kind of two things it was the records that you really wanted to do. And sometimes that's how you would end up with a lot of people having their mixtapes. Oh God, Fab, Fab is the the number one of this. I mean, there's a lot of artists you could say that about, but then there's the other part where, you know, if, if the shit doesn't make an impact and you're like, Oh, it was just a mixtape. It wasn't my, (laughs) and and people are still doing that one, you know, which is (laughs) pretty funny. I mean, you'll see a guy say it's his debut album and he's put out like, 150 oh, songs already. I'm like, I just don't know how is that your debut album per se, but um, yeah, I mean, there's all it's it's all semantics, you know, it's kind of bullshit. But I mean, I think the the cool thing is that yeah, people are gonna do the shit they want to do for the most part, and if they don't want to clear the sample, they just put it on SoundCloud. That's kind of the place where those things live. And if it pops off, then you know, then they'll spend the money to clear the sample. Jake, man, let's do a mixtape tomorrow, bro. It's gonna be fire. It's just gonna be me. Um, I'm gonna I'm send you some compot joints. I'm pretty sure you can figure out how to make compot music in like two or three days. We gonna drop a compot album. It's gonna be the podcast. Number one in Port au Prince. We gonna call it the podcaster and the backpacker. Oh no! You better watch your mouth for me. You better watch your mouth <laughs> with Call the Haitian slander, bro. This is disrespect. But no, nah, um, I mean Jake was at uh, and I'm sure uh, Dragonfly is gonna get an appreciation of this. Drake, <laughs> Drake, Jake was at a Rock Marciano um <laughs> show the other yes. day. Man. Wow! <laughs> like, yo, this guy is dedicated, man. <laughs> I was on balls, my family huh? vacation. I just wanted to touch the hip hop, man. Like I hadn't been in one of those in a minute. Did you uh, rock yeah, a uh, Fidel Castro hat? <laughs> Did not. There, hey, there was definitely some of those out there. Um, I was hanging out with white producer Illuminati, Alchemist, and Derringer, and there was a couple others back there. Um, Y'all have a newsletter. Yeah, it was hella fun. Who's the white DJ? Who's the white producer that DJs too? Kind of chubby. Um, in New York, Static, I was with him Monday. Static, yeah, <laughs> I was with him one day. <laughs> That's fantastic, man. But yeah, now nah, Rock Marciano is—he's amazing. He raps about you know crossing <laughs> people up like Rod Strickland and shit. It's just—it's just for me. I feel like yeah. it's just made for me. So you know, it's—it's it's my kind of thing. And there was there was actually a lot of people with that shit, and they knew all the lyrics. Great. Nah, he has a following for sure, and I think that you know that's the cool thing about sort of the technology too is that I don't know that you could target your listenership the way you can these days, man. Oh like, man. My homie was telling me like, yo, Spotify and all of them give you such good like uh, uh, stats that it's like, yo, if you have say this many listeners in a market, you know you could do a two hundred person show. He's like, is that, oh, yeah. is Dude, that see all like, of it. Yeah. specific, man? That's that's so fire to me. Waz, you know who broke that down for me? Was uh, Odyssey. Mm. Odyssey broke down how, like, the, the way the industry is now and the technology available to him, it makes it possible for him to always make the music he wants to make and say, make the conscious decision. I don't want to be a mainstream, big, uh, mega act. I want his him. audience. 
Exactly. Always knows where his audience is. Like you said, can figure out where he can do shows based on the metrics, not off of feel or off. Nah, like straight up. Here's the raw numbers. Spotify straight up sends you an email directly to my email. Like, yo, such and such is in your town. You followed him on Spotify. Yeah. Boom. That's how, that's how, that's how I found out. <laughs> this is going to sound fucked up. That's how I found out that, uh, Ferg and Boss were doing a show in LA because <laughs> I got the email. I'm like, a word? Thanks for letting me know, guys. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Dragonfly, you well, got any last? Is there a reason? Hold on, real quick. Yeah, is ahead. there a reason Section 80 isn't on the list or is that not a mixtape? I didn't or... put this list together, but I mean, it okay. belongs on the list. Oh, yeah, Y'all know where I'm at with well, all of that. That's I, my favorite, probably. I didn't, I didn't miss it. I, I'll tell you that much. Wasn't it pre? Wasn't it pre 2010? Wasn't it like 2009? It might have been 09. But if we're keeping it really? real, we should Is really be doing 09 to 2019. If we're keeping it a buck, like, <laughs> isn't right. that the last 10 years? You know, that, so if that'll be 11 time, years. That'll be 11 years though. That'll be 11. Oh man, somebody can't do math. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> Anyway, I'm just saying. yeah, I know. Um, yeah, section eighty. I, you know, <laughs> no section section eighty uh, was a, is a is a dope project. Um, you know, like I, I kind of famously have never really gone for Kendrick. Like he just doesn't make the music that I'm moved by uh, for whatever reason. Like I'm just not his content. Just isn't for me. You know, like positivity and and all of that shit. Like I don't really like. I don't go for that. You know what I'm saying? Like Fifty Six Nights spoke to me. You know what I'm saying? Like Good Kid, Mad City. I I can recognize the excellence of it from production to you know the precision of this guy's vocal performance. There's no that like you know his talent is unquestioned. Like there's no you have to be a complete idiot to listen to what Kendrick Lamar does. The the level of thought and care that he puts into his music to not recognize the guy's a, a force, right? Um, but, you know, it's just like, oh, I got famous and there's so many trappings and, and pitfalls and, and I avoided them. Like, I I, I don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> like, motherfucker, I don't want to hear the stories about people diving into fame and ended up like, you know, like Richard Pryor. That's, that's what I want to hear. I know it's destructive for the guy's own well-being, but for my own entertainment, that's what I'm interested in. Sorry. Waz, you just want, want everyone to be like Adele, right? Have a fucked up life and tell me about it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yes, exactly. Once, once that life gets on track, Mary J. Blige was before Adele. Mary J. Blige was the right. right. My oh. life is shitty. My music is amazing. Yo, and then when her oh, life to turn man. back up, it's like, I don't like this music. And by the way, she was, break living, she was living her raps, bro. <laughs> like, that stuff was actually <laughs> she really really was, happening to her. Like, sheesh. Oh, shit. Thanks to Jake One. Thanks to Waz for what a great conversation that was about uh, music of the decade, the, the categories we did today. Uh, but, you know, it's still a current show. We still got to talk about current affairs. And Saturday saw the return of Eddie Murphy to Saturday Night Live, one of the uh, funnier monologues I've seen. Then again, I don't like a whole lot of Saturday Night Live. Uh, I love the, the whole bit with all the old comics coming up and saying, hey, uh, did you get my bit about this, that, and the other? I thought that was really funny. But I, before I, uh, I unleash all holy hell, I want to I ask Dragonfly, <laughs> your, your impression on that opening monologue and the idea that Tracy Morgan, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, and Kenan Thompson joined Eddie on stage. <laughs> 
you know, I I heard the little the, the, the little spice you put on Keenan Thompson's name right there. So I already I already know you feel like you probably didn't belong up there. But um, you know, I I thought I thought it was a well earned moment for all of them. I thought Keenan deserved to be up there too, especially as the longest tenured member of SNL. Um, you know, uh, Keenan Keenan's been a real one. Like you know, he's it's to be the longest tenured. Um, you know, a member of SNL, which is which has, which has a very—I mean, let's keep it a buck—a very white sense of humor, right? And you know, so so to be a black guy and and to navigate it for that long, and he's mm. taking stands like they wanted him to play black woman characters, and he has flat out refused, and he's told them to hire black women. You know what I'm saying? So I think Keenan deserved to have his moment there. Um, you know, for being the most tenured SNL member, you know, and doing it as a black man and doing this comedy shit for about 25 years. You know, I think Keenan deserved that moment, bro. All right, so I, I see we're gonna have to do this shit. All right, so first, first and foremost, this is what I always start with. Out of every person who's defended Keenan Thompson's place on that stage the other night, not one person ever told me it's because he's funny. They mentioned everything, things that you just said right there, and all types of other things. And I got to tell you, I learned a lot. I learned that he's a really nice guy, and he really looked out for people, <laughs> and work, and that's awesome. That is awesome. Don't want to take that away from him. But he's not funny, man. That's my thing. It's like, yo, like if, if, if I had said that about, for instance, Dave Chappelle, why is Dave Chappelle up there? Everyone would be like, why did you see Kill Him Talking? Did you watch it? Did you watch it? Did you see Chappelle? Everyone would have brought me 700 examples of but, how funny this dude is. But but there there is a valid reason why Dave Chappelle shouldn't have been up there if we keep it in a buck, because he's the only non-SNL member who was up there. Well, you know what? When you're funny, you get to do things that other non-funny people don't get to do, <laughs> right? So, some of y'all got to work on SNL for 20 years to be on that stage, and some of y'all are just funny. My, my, right? <laughs> my thing on Keenan, and I just have a question. I might be ignorant, but I, I'm, I'm a 90s baby, right? So I grew up on Keenan and Kel, so I should be caping for Keenan, uh, you know, if we're thinking about this out loud of everyone. Does he have an HBO special? He's does never done he, stand-up. Does he have a Comedy do, Central special? Like, why? He's not in that group. He's not in that group. He's just not in that group. He doesn't do stand-up. He, he's got like the movies to his name are Good Burger and Fat Albert. Yeah, he's very he's very PG with, with his comedy. He's, let me, he, let me, he, like had, he had to be on the stage, dude. He's the only black. I mean, not the only, but he's the black guy on SNL. He was me, no, it's so, okay. Who was why the did, white what? guy that came up? Who was the white guy that came up on stage? He's the Mario Chalmers. He's the he's the you know Mario Chalmers of that five song right there. I, I, Mario Chalmers is a very appropriate. Naming another one, I saw a meme where uh, the Pacers on some game last year had a graphic uh, only players to average these numbers, and it was like <laughs> Jordan, Bird, Magic, Kareem, Thad Young, and I'm like, there he goes, <laughs> there he is right there. I'm like, oh, but he's been in the league for uh, 14 years. I mean, doesn't that count? Yeah, absolutely. Thad Young has been around. He's tenured. He's got the the pension. That's all good. But then. Beyond me just roasting Keenan for uh, not having, uh, I mean, let, I, hold on. Let me, before I go take this into a serious place, let me do one last fucking round bit here, okay? One All more from me, people, by the way. Kel is mad, is way funnier than him, by the way. Kel was not made way funnier, but he also he also fell into like some sub, substance abuse stuff. That's he did. Heard. He did. But he's he's funnier. <laughs> he's way funnier than Keenan. But but he, here's my thing. Here's my thing. People say he's the longest tenured on SNL. And I say, you know why? Because most of the time, if you're good and you're on SNL, you end up leaving to do other things. Sudeikis and Will Ferrell and Tina Fey and Larry David and Conan O'Brien. And like all these people that went on to writing or hosting or talent or movies or TV shows, 
And this dude is still here. Yes, he executive produces the new All That on Nickelodeon. Congratulations. What a great job at it. Like you, like, you basically rebooted your childhood. That is his contribution to, uh, to content outside of SNL. And I think that says a lot. The other thing, and now I'm, now I'm going to take the gloves off and be real about it. Keenan is on SNL and is well-loved on SNL. Because he's the exact kind of comic that white people like. He is non-threatening. He makes them feel safe. And that's not to say that um, you can't be funny and, and, so, and people haven't been screwed over by that. Because I think Wayne Brady's hilarious. But I also understand Wayne Brady has the career he has because white people find him safe and unthreatening. And Keenan Thompson is the definition of that. Because to me, I never seen nothing that he does where I laugh, I hold my side, I got tears coming out. He pops his eyes open a little bit and oh, okay, and that's it. <laughs> and that's that to me is his whole comedy routine, <laughs> which is the same shit it's been since all that. He hasn't changed at all. He's the same dude, and that's why white people like him. He's nice and safe and consistent. But I think I think the funniest shit he does is Black Jeopardy, and Black Jeopardy is very much for black people, bro. <sighs> I mean, is it is it though, or is it is, is it, it is it them oh. teaching white people about black culture? I kind of feel like it's in, that in, in a safe in a safe manner in a right. safe manner safe exactly. Manner. It is in funny way, though to your point, Dragonfly. And, and by the way, it's a ripoff of what Chappelle did on his show with actual people, right? Or, or are we gonna forget that that they just ripped off Chappelle? Remember when he had the, the it was a barber and the one lady who's a cop and all that stuff. And he asked him. She was a like, parole officer, the, right? She parole was a parole officer. officer. Yeah. He, like he asked him different things like finish the lyric from uh, good times and all that. That's basically the same ass bit only. Or like have them like finish phrases like when keeping yeah. it real goes and then they have to finish it. Yeah, it's great. So like I'm I'm just I just I, like I, I, now admittedly I'm not an SNL fan I don't find it funny I think the greatest thing to happen is Saturday Night Live was the advent of YouTube because then I can just I didn't have to watch an hour of horseshit just to get the Eddie moments that I like I got to just go boop there's the Eddie one there's the Eddie one like Gumby was funny I thought um, the family dinner was funny I thought Mr. Robinson's neighborhood needed work. <laughs> I thought uh, the North Pole one was kind of funny, and I, I thought Black Jeopardy was like the worst. It wasn't funny at all. R- real quick though, going back to the to the monologue there in that f- group of five, who should be in there? D.L. Hughley, Cat, Martin Lawrence, Jamie, no, Kevin Hart. <laughs> I, I Kevin put, Hart. I would put almost every black comic you can name over over uh, what's it? Although Kevin Hart did get a shout out, he said. Okay. <laughs> I got 10 children, 11 if you count Kevin Hart, which I thought was kind of funny. But, like, I, I mean, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I have a one question about the monologue. I was so, I was, so when I watched it, I don't know what it was. And I got nervous, right? Because, you know, Eddie's my guy. He's, you know, he's this, that, and the 30. You know, so I was nervous that this, to my knowledge, this would have been the first quote unquote stand up bit he's done in whatever years, right? Oh, no, he did, he did one at the Kennedy Center. When he he got the when he got the Mark Twain Award two three years ago he did like he did five Sorry. minutes and it was amazing. So I I are well then I guess it's irrelevant but I was nervous right because like I, I me for me like I'm thinking that at the time so I was 
like, damn, what if Eddie gets up here and it's a dud, right? Like, like yeah, you know, this what is if his he's big. Live? This is his first like big like TV right. appearance. For to your point, yeah. So I was actually happy with how he did it because I felt it was, it was, even though it wasn't, it turned out to be crazy. I thought it was a safe monologue, right? Like he didn't have to do yeah. but so much. He didn't have to go up there and tell any jokes. Maybe he's saving them for the Netflix special or whatever. But I, I thought it was though. I mean, I'm not going to trash Tracy Morgan. I probably could have swapped him out with somebody. But I mean, I get the SNL ties and everything. But I could have, I could have swapped Tracy Morgan out. But that's, that's his boy. That's the other thing about that. Like those three guys. I don't know how his his uh, relationship with Keaton, but I know the, like Tracy, Chris, and Dave. Like those are his boys. Um, so like I was, did, I guess I wasn't surprised when I saw Tracy Morgan because I know that's his guy. Did you laugh at the? Did you laugh at the car joke? I did. I felt bad. I made it on the road. I was, I was rolling. Allegedly, yeah, the story is, is that they all just planned on pulling up and didn't plan on this, and this was kind of made that day. Like, this decision to bring them all up on stage. Like, yeah. they were just all planning to pull up and, and just, like, and watch Eddie. You can kind of tell with the Chappelle part, you know, too. Cause, oh, oh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, you can kind of tell that it, that it wasn't super-duper playing. Like, I, I thought that... I mean, at least with Tracy and Chris Rock, when they came up there, when they were like, oh, yo, did you get my skit? Yeah. When Chappelle said his part, did you get, you know, my skit? Like, I felt like you could tell that was all improv. Well, his right was there. funnier. That's why. Yeah. Like, and the fact funnier. that he just lit a, the fact that he lit a bogey up on stage, yeah. and he was like, oh, you you can't do this. He was like, you're right, you can't. And he still did it. <laughs> I thought that was fucking hilarious. That was, that was Dave Chappelle at his finest. It was, it was like the middle finger to everybody right there. That was dope to me. I, and you know, I, like I, I feel bad because Keenan's part in there was funny, because all he did was hey, all right, he shoved the guy off the stage, and then just stood there. I thought it was funny, but like the thing that angered me was like people posting the picture of all five of them, legends, and I'm like five legends. I was like five of them. I, are we had so Justin Tinsley posted on his Instagram five legends, and I said five. Are we counting Eddie twice? What's going on here? <laughs> I mean, he's a he's he's a legend in like you said, like a legend in his own rights. We no, all that's what I said. We all no. we all legend. I'm a legend it's, in my own right. <laughs> it's like it's like music though, bro. Like Rob just got on here. Rob grew up on uh, uh, Keenan. I was about to call him Kel. He grew up on Keenan, right? So to Rob, he sees Keenan. I would imagine differently. To me, he's not funny. I can I can I can I can go without him. I mean, he was in Barbershop too, and he. And I thought back to that role, and literally it was the same thing he did on stage. Yeah. You know, he 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 made his eyes big and yeah. played that type of role, and you know, it was it was okay. But but that's legendary. Apparently. I just think he didn't like <laughs> honestly. Like if I'm like looking back on everything, like he he probably just didn't feel his potential. Like he probably could have. I think Ooh, I think or, or he could have. The opposite. I think he I absolutely. You think he, he, he did? He think he did the best he could have? Of course, dude. <sighs> Yes, because I'm not on the. I'm not on the. But I'm not on the. Like he's not funny. He made, but he made it on SNL. Right, like that's the biggest. Yeah, yeah. You can tell he's he, he's made a conscious decision to not right. go the route he's with, with an adult with being vulgar humor. You know what I mean? For sure. and, and that's kind of a branch off that you have to do for sure. as an adult. He's content know? being he's, yeah. safe. And he's he's content being yeah exactly. Let me ask you a question, Dragonfly, because this is yeah. this is an existential crisis that I've. Express on this podcast to my co-host. They can't help me. So I, I feel like fresh ears maybe could help me with this one. What's up? I have a real, like, I, I truly feel bad whenever I criticize somebody black in an 
industry where there aren't a lot of black people in there, right? So whether it's Keenan Thompson, I've shit on Donald Glover a lot of times, uh, people, Tyler Perry, like I understand and I respect kind of where they are based on an industry that's designed to keep people that look like us out and for them to have the kind of power and influence uh, to get stuff done, whether it's Keenan writing on SNL, like writing a lot of the, a lot of the material there, even though a lot of it's unfunny, uh, or Donald Glover getting a show like Atlanta made. I always thought Atlanta was a good show, not a great show, but the greatest achievement of it was to get it made. To get a show like that made is incredibly difficult. Or Tyler Perry obviously just creating his own studio and creating his own industry and his own niche and become a billionaire off of it. But I don't like their content. Am I like, what am I to do when I want to criticize the content while I'm not like just sitting on the person altogether? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's you can have the duality there where, you know, you appreciate someone's talent, you appreciate someone's accomplishments, but at the same time, it doesn't do anything for you. I, I don't think that's that's, you know, contradictory or anything. I feel I feel like it doesn't it never comes across like that. All it ever comes across is like you hating on the black man. Oh, you're <laughs> supporting and uplifting and I'm like yo, like so I gotta like all this bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think you're hating on Keen. I just think that you know SNL is his house. He's a black man. He deserved to be up there. I think it's that simple, bro. No, he's hating um, on Keenan. I'm, yeah, he's hating on Keenan. <laughs> he's hating on Keenan. Let's. I mean, there's no. And I mean, sometimes haters deserve. And they might be right to, to hate on him this in this instance, but I think how he came up on the stage it was it wasn't like he was one of them. So I think you are a little bit. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I, like the way he came up on stage, it was clear he's not one of them. But I think I got upset when I saw people posting pictures of the five of them and like declaring him part of that. You know, like I said, uh, Dragonfly. This is what I said. I said it reminded me of. All-Star Weekend, I went to, like, a super-duper exclusive invite-only party that was, uh, like, a dinner. It wasn't even a party. It was a dinner. And it was thrown by uh, Rob Bossanova. Like maybe like it was it was like a U shape and then a table in the middle of the U, right? The table in the middle of the U. And so I'm in this party with even Cole, and I know I'm not supposed to be here, but they're allowing me to be here, so I'm gonna just try not to embarrass myself and sit right here, be quiet, say yes, please, no, thank you, have my drink. Get the hell out of it, right? Like, that's what I looked at Keenan like, I know that look on his face. That's the look on my face. When we walked in and they're like, they're taking on the list and shit. I'm like, yeah, I'm with them. <laughs> like, just, just don't do anything to get me thrown out of here. But imagine if someone took a picture that night and said, look at these legends of the industry. Ibrahim Hamad, president of Dreamville. J. Cole, one of the hottest rappers in the, in the game today. Amino Hassan, he's on TV sometimes. Like, like, I wouldn't, I would, I would be tweeting everybody, yo, yo, I'm not a legend, yo, you need to take that caption down, man. I was just there, I was lucky. And I didn't get any of that feel around Keenan last uh, Saturday night, but I guess, I guess I'm just hating. <laughs> 
Support black, support black businesses and me. Support black businesses. What did you What did you guys think about the whole Cosby stuff? I mean, we all know Eddie oh. and Cosby or, or Haiti to ch- or Cosby didn't like Eddie. Whatever the story is. I actually just had a new baby just about a year ago. Had a new baby. That means I have ten kids now. Eleven if you count Kevin Hart. I'm kidding. I love Kevin Hart. I'm just teasing. My kids are actually pretty much my whole life now. And you know what? But if you had told me 30 years ago that I would be this boring, stay-at-home, you know, house dad, and Bill Cosby would be in jail, <laughs> even I would have took that bet. I'll tell you. Who is America's dad now? Do you have do you have that that uh, that statement, Rob? Uh, yeah, from the from the spokesperson who I, yeah. who I still don't know is white or black or I like, don't know. I hope he's not. I, I, yeah, I hope he not, I, even, that motherfucker's <laughs> dropping cool at all. Better I'm not sure. Like, it's, it's a pretty. Uh, it's a pretty I long. Doing on television. Dra- hey, Dragonfly. Dragonfly. What if you look like uh, Sean Penn in uh, uh, Carlitos <laughs> Way? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Davey Kleinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> that shit would be wild. Uh, you got it, Rob? Or do you, I guess you don't. You can't. No, I have. I have it. Uh, if you I want, know, I don't. I don't want you to be reading all them coons and stuff in there, man. I want, I'm trying to protect you. <laughs> Appreciate it. So, if you don't know, this is what Bill Cosby's spokesperson, David Kleinfeld, said. <laughs> Mr. Cosby became the first black to win an Emmy for his role in *I Spy*, and Mr. Cosby broke black barriers in the entertainment industry. So that blacks, which is always a red flag when they call them blacks with an S. Blacks capital like B, Murphy. by the way, capital yeah. B. Blacks are the capital B, like Eddie Murphy, Dave Chappelle, misspelled, Kevin Hart, and et al. could have an opportunity to showcase their talents for many generations to come. It is sad that Mr. Murphy would take this glorious moment of returning to SNL and make disparaging remarks against Mr. Cosby. One would think that Mr. Murphy was given his freedom to leave the plantation so that he could make his own decisions. But he decided to sell himself back to being a Hollywood slave. It really kicked up a notch right there. Uh, Step and fetch it plus cooning equals the destruction of black men in Hollywood. Remember, Mr. Murphy, that Bill Cosby became legendary because he used comedy to humanize all races, religions, and genders. But you're attacking your, hashtag your, by the way, uh, you're attacking Mr. Cosby helped you embark on just becoming clickbait. Hopefully, you will be amenable to having a meeting of the minds conversation in order to discuss how we can use our collective platforms to enhance black people rather than bringing all of us down together. I would like to say right now, in the words of Eddie Murphy, using the words of Richard Pryor, tell Bill to suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that motherfucker's crazy. He, he really said Eddie was resorting to clickbait tactics. Eddie, you fucking Murphy, dude. I Yo. wish Eddie, I wish Eddie had Hannibal Burris up there as the fifth person on that stage. Oh, that, now that I would have, I would have been down for it, even though I don't like Hannibal either. Uh, just for that, no, just so Hannibal could tell that Cosby joke but, again. But to me, like, it, the, the, the thing about this, first of all, meeting of the minds conversation, nigga, I ain't going to jail. So <laughs> there will be no meeting of the minds. Let's get that out there. <laughs> that motherfucker's out there in the, in the country in like Pennsylvania or some shit. Oh, Who the man. fuck want to go out there, dog? But, but more importantly, like, this thing overlooks one massive thing, which, again, every time Cosby apologists or Cosby supporters come out the woodwork, they seem to ignore one thing. 
he says was used to uh, bring together races, religions, and genders, or to humanize. Or, yeah, humanize them all except for black people. Because Bill Cosby went out there and shit on black people in inner cities and shit on young black people specifically, religiously, right? Using all the talking points that conservative right-wing people use all the time when talking about black people. Oh, if you just pulled your pants up, you'd have a job or whatever. And so now, ironically, much like OJ, when OJ has hit, hit, hit him in the fan, right? Like now they want to be pro-black. Now we got to stick together and all that stuff. I'm like, no, 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 man. You take your old man rhetoric, go, go die in jail somewhere. Yeah, fuck that dude. Thank you, Dragonfly Jones. Thank you, John Gervais, Rob Lopez on production. Earlier, Jake One and Big Waz. Thank you for the listeners. And remember, like, subscribe, share the link, tweet it out. Even if you got one follower, tweet it out and tag us. Even if you got one follower on Instagram, post it on your story and, and, and we'll, we'll get you. We'll get you new followers. Just tag us and we'll get you there. It's Black Opinions Matter, motherfucker. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.